And it's good to have a few visitors with us this morning as well from different places, some as far away as America, some closer than Inverness. And uh, it's good to have you. Uh, it's good to have us all uh, together uh, able to worship God this morning. Let's, let's unite our hearts in prayer together. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you that uh, this morning you have enabled us to come into this place, the house of God. We thank you that you have given us that desire, that opportunity, uh, that will to bow in your presence, to be still and to know that you are God and that you are with us. And we thank you that you are the God who has made yourself known to us. We thank you that we uh, are not, uh, we're not in a state of ignorance about who you are. But we praise you, Lord, that you have you've shown yourself to us. And as we look around on the beauty of this day, uh, we see these reflections of your glory and your majesty and your love towards us. We thank you that this world is not grey, uh, it's not bland, uh, but we live in a, a world and we live in uh, a part of this world uh, where there is such beauty and such majesty. And we recognise, Lord, that this uh, was not something that you had to do, but in your love you have put us in a, an environment where uh, there is so many reasons to be thankful. And we thank you for your word that we're able to gather this morning and to, to open a book whereby the word of God is spoken to us. We thank you that the Holy Spirit took hold of uh, men many, many years ago and inspired them to, to write these words of Scripture. And we recognize, Lord, that this is, this is uh, your word, not ours. Uh, we, week by week, don't, we don't go to a library and pick out a, a selection of books, but we come back to the same book because you are, are the one who speaks to us through Scripture. But above all, Lord, we thank you for the Word made flesh, for Jesus, your Son, our Saviour, the one who is the visible image of the invisible God. We thank you for Jesus who, who shows to us the, uh, the vastness of your love and your grace and your patience and your mercy. <coughs> and we pray, Lord, that we would know the presence of Christ this morning in this place. Uh, we sang the words of that hymn, I stand amazed in the presence of, of Jesus the Nazarene. And we thank you that that's your promise, Lord Jesus, that where two or three gather in your name, you will be with us. And so we pray that we would know the blessing of your presence. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for all uh, that you did to make it possible for us to be saved. We, we, we read uh, the words in that hymn uh, so many times uh, of all that you did for us. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. How marvellous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be, how marvellous, how wonderful is my Saviour's love for me. Help us, Lord, each one of us to know the reality of that love for, for us. Help us uh, not to feel distant from you. Help us not to read Scripture uh, as if it was some a remote book that was disconnected from our lives enable us to see uh, that in the garden on the cross through the suffering and into the triumph of resurrection Lord you did it for us and may we respond in faith uh, by asking you to be our saviour and our Lord we pray Lord for those who are struggling this morning uh, those who would desire to be to be with us but uh, who are kept uh, at home because uh, they are 
wrestling with illness or uh, recovery. We think especially of Anthony, who we prayed for through the course of this week, who who went uh, so, so suddenly into hospital last weekend. We thank you that he's home now, that he's recovering. And we pray that you would increase his strength and that he would know your presence as likely he, he, he watches at home just now. Uphold him and the family at this time, we pray. And for others, Lord, who haven't been to hospital but who've been struggling over uh, past weeks, even months, uh, with different ailments, uh, we we name them in the in the, in the quietness of our own hearts and we ask, Lord, that you would meet them at the point of their need. We thank you that you care for us. We thank you that we can come to you and we can carry others to you, uh, knowing that you will hear and answer our prayers. And Lord, we thank you for your sustaining grace. We thank you that even as we look back over this last week, there have been anxieties, there have been struggles and trouble that we may have feared and uh, wrestled over. And we know your hand upon us and your care of us. And we, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for all that you continue to do for us in your grace. We pray that you would uphold us as we look forward. Uh, we know not what lies ahead. And even as we hear the news, we, we hear uh, the threats of more restrictions. And uh, we hear the, 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 the stories of new variants of COVID. Uh, we pray that we wouldn't know uh, any of that here. We pray that you would protect us, Lord, as you have protected us so far. We thank you that those who have contracted COVID have, have recovered well, some with us even this morning. And we ask, Lord, that you would continue to, to watch over us and guard us and give us wisdom, Lord, and give wisdom uh, to our leaders as well. We are so conscious they will not ask for it of you. But we ask, Lord, on their behalf that you would give to them wisdom and as a country draw us back uh, to yourself. So hear our prayers, take away our sin and cause us to fix our eyes on Jesus for we pray these things in his name and for his sake. Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you that you hear all our prayers, the ones that we speak out and the ones that we say quietly in our own hearts. And we thank you that uh, you have given us all these things that the boys and girls have been praying about from cosy beds to food to safety. Uh, we thank you that we're able to have the freedom to meet here and uh, we pray as has been prayed for those in Afghanistan and different countries where it's, where it's dangerous to, to meet together like this. We thank you for every single good gift and for the gift of prayer. And we thank you above all for sending your son Jesus into this world to die so that we could live forever. And help us, we pray, to be trusting in Jesus. And we ask all this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. And if we could turn in our Bibles to uh, Luke chapter 17. We're reading from verse 11 uh, to verse 19. This is God's word. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus travelled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. 
your faith has saved you. Amen, and may God bless that reading of his word to us. If you could open your Bibles now, please, in uh, Luke chapter 17. And as we take a few minutes to study this chapter, we'll, we'll pray again, asking God for help. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for your word once more. And we ask, Lord, for the help of the Holy Spirit now. The one who uh, is in this world to be our teacher. The one who is able to awaken souls that are dead. Uh, quicken and revive souls that have gone cool. Uh, open the ears of uh, ears that were once blocked. And open the eyes of those who, who cannot see. Uh, we ask that the Holy Spirit would be active uh, in us and amongst us. And what we pray for ourselves in this room here, we pray for the, for the children in Sunday school as they, as they look over the gospel in simple terms. We pray that they would have that childlike faith, that they would remember, that they would trust their creator, come to know Jesus as saviour in the days of their youth. We pray for the ones in the creche behind us as well, those who, who are there and those who've been in past weeks and uh, those uh, who could be there. We think of many uh, babies in the village and who come into the, the church on a Tuesday and we commit them to you and ask, Lord, that, uh, you would, that you would draw them to yourself, that they would grow up knowing that Jesus loves them and Jesus calls them to come uh, to him. And what we pray uh, for ourselves Across the ages here, we pray for other congregations, the, the congregations that meet in this place around us. Uh, we ask that uh, where, where Jesus is, is preached, where Christ crucified and resurrected is preached, we ask, Lord, that you would add your blessing, uh, that you would build your church. And uh, we pray that not just for here, but for uh, every congregation across the nation and across all nations. We Pray for congregations that we are connected with. Some of us can think of uh, fellowships that we would normally sit with on your day uh, who are far from here. And we ask, Lord, that your blessing would remain upon them as we pray that your blessing would be upon us. So hear our prayers and uh, open your word to us now. Open us to your word, we pray. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. When we are traveling, as uh, we often have to, we, we have to give thought to the way that we'll take. We, when we're traveling, we have to uh, give some consideration to the, uh, to the route that we follow. Uh, last weekend, Gordon uh, and I were traveling to a meeting in, in Inverness, and um, we intended to take the, the most direct route from Allapool just straight through to, to Inverness, sticking to the main roads. Uh, but there was an accident up ahead, and the road was blocked. Uh, for, for quite a lot of hours and so uh, we had to change route and that took us off the main road and it took us through all these, uh, these wee villages where you see people and where you see uh, things that you, would normally, you wouldn't normally see and as we pick up uh, in Luke chapter 17 uh, we see that Jesus is, is travelling Jesus is travelling, verse 11 and uh, his route takes him uh, into a village, and uh, in that village, he encounters 10 people uh, who suffered with leprosy. So four points, hopefully, and the first point is uh, the way Jesus traveled. So look at verse 11. It says there, uh, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border 
between Samaria and uh, Galilee. So we learn here, first of all, that uh, well, Jesus is traveling, uh, but we, we learn that he's, he knows where he's going. He's not wandering aimlessly. He's not just kind of uh, taking a tour and, and seeing where, where, where he might end up. But he, he knows where he's going. He has a very clear destination and focus, and that was the city of Jerusalem. And we know that this is an, this is an important detail because uh, this is not the first time we've been told this. This is actually the third time we've been told this by, by Luke. Um, in, in Luke chapter 9 and verse 51, it says, As the time approached for Jesus to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. He comes to a point in chapter 9 and he, he sets the sat-nav and he's heading for Jerusalem. And then in, in Luke chapter 13 and verse 22, it says, Then Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. So there's a lot happening in these chapters in between. Jesus meets a lot of people. Uh, he goes various places, but he hasn't lost sight of the destination. He's heading for Jerusalem. And here again, in uh, chapter 17 and verse 11, uh, Luke tells us that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And that's an important point for us to note. You know, we, we tend to be sidetracked so easily. Increasingly these days, I wander into to a room and then I wander back out because I can't even remember why I wandered in in the first place. We go from the left to the right. We're never quite sure where we're going. Uh, but Jesus, uh, as we see him here, he has that crystal clear focus. He's on his way to Jerusalem because his mission to save us will come to a climax in Jerusalem. See, Jesus knew all that was involved with him going to, to Jerusalem. Uh, Jesus knew the words of Isaiah 53. And he knew uh, that was a description of the, the climax uh, of the mission that Jesus came to this world to, to fulfill. Uh, Jesus knew uh, that in Jerusalem uh, he would not be welcomed, but he'd be despised and rejected. But he still went. And Jesus knew that in Jerusalem uh, he would be pierced for our transgressions, but he still went. He knew that he would be crushed for our iniquities. He knew that the, the punishment that brings us peace would be on him. And he knew that the wounds inflicted upon him would bring us healing. So as Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, you could say the shadow of the cross was starting to be cast on the road ahead of him. He could see what he was walking into. But the amazing thing is that even though he knew all that was up ahead, he kept on traveling. He kept on going. And on a week where we have spoken much about Thanksgiving, as we see Jesus traveling on his way to the cross... We have the greatest reason of all to be thankful. We see that Jesus did it for us. It's what we sang in the first hymn. Uh, for me, he was in the garden. My sins, my sorrows. This is a journey for, for me and for you. My heart uh, is filled with thankfulness, we sang. Uh, for him who bore my pain, who plumbed the depths of my disgrace and gave me life again. So we should be thankful as we see the way that Jesus travelled, as he uh, sets his course and perseveres to, to Jerusalem. Um, 
But there's more to see here in this point. Because we see Jesus on his way to Jerusalem, he, he takes a route uh, that most Jews would avoid. Uh, Jesus, it says, travelled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Now, the ordinary Jew would try to get as far away from Samaria as was possible to, to go. Uh, he would not be uh, going along the border. He would be trying to get as far away from these Samaritans as he possibly could get. Uh, but Jesus, who is the king of the Jews... He drew near to the Samaritan border and he remained near to the, to the Galileans, to the Jews. And that in itself, as we see the route that Jesus took, uh, we see uh, something of the love that he had. He had love for the Samaritans. That's why he's on the border there. He has love for the Jews. And so we see him walking this line because uh, he is calling, he is concerned, he has love for those on, on both sides of it. The Galileans and the Jews, they, they, they had no, they had no the, the, the Galileans and the Samaritans, sorry, they had no love for each other. They had nothing but hate and prejudice against each other. But Jesus has no such prejudice. Uh, he has no such hate. He came to take away the sin of the world. Galileans, Samaritans, everyone. And there's another reason for, for thanksgiving. Uh, and it's simply to, to note that, that fact that we're taught from our earliest years uh, Jesus loves me. This I know. I hope you know that. I hope we know that. Jesus cares for you. Jesus loves you. Whoever you are and, and wherever you are and wherever you've come from and whatever you've been through, Jesus loves you. You know, you and I might feel excluded uh, in, in school or in work or in parts of the community. We might even uh, feel excluded uh, sometimes from our friends, even within the family circle at times. But Jesus excludes no one. He loves, he desires to save everyone. He drives no one away. Not the Galileans, not the Samaritans, not even the lepers. That takes us to the second point. There's the way Jesus traveled. And secondly, there's the works that Jesus did. The work that Jesus did. Uh, verse 12, as he was going into a village... Ten men who had leprosy met him. Now all the way through the Gospels we see Jesus. He's, he's not at leisure. He's not at tools down. He's at work. Uh, he's doing miraculous works. He's doing wondrous works. And, and these works testify to the fact that he, he was the son of God. You know, we're not running around doing the same things that Jesus did in terms of miraculous works. Because uh, we're not sons of God. We're not the son of God. We're not uh, trying to, to persuade people that we are the saviour. But Jesus, the works that he did testified to who he said he was. He said he was God the son. And then as he did these miraculous works, uh, people could see this is no ordinary man. Uh, this is the God man. And so, so Jesus, he's doing these uh, miraculous works and he's testified to who he is as the son of God. And these works show to us also the, the kindness and the compassion and the love in the heart of God. Now, so many people have, have this uh, wrong idea about who God is. There's all kinds of warped thinking that has distorted our picture of who God is. If you want to see who God is, look to Jesus. He is the, the image of the invisible God. If you want to know what the heart of God looks like, uh, look at the works of Jesus. And we see such kindness. 
such compassion, uh, such love in the heart of God as we as we track the works of Jesus. We see him in verse 12 going into a village. We read that 10 men who had leprosy uh, met him. Now that was no coincidence. And that was to Jesus, no inconvenience. Yes, he's heading for Jerusalem, but he's not checking his watch. He's not saying there's people now who are blocking my path. No, Jesus, he, 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 he wants to meet them. He doesn't have to meet them, but he wants to meet these ten lepers, uh, likely the, the route that he took was because he knew uh, they were there and he had intended to heal them. Now we see these ten lepers and um, in that day, leprosy uh, was, was different to leprosy as we, as we know it today. Leprosy was a much more serious condition than perhaps what we recognize today. It was highly infectious. There was no cure for it. So those who had leprosy, they were like the living dead. It was like a death sentence to, to receive uh, the, the news that you had leprosy. Uh, they couldn't live with their families. They couldn't mix in the community anymore. Uh, they were taken. Uh, they were placed in these kind of infected ghettos. And they had to stay at a distance from everyone. And that's where Jesus encounters them. Verse 12 says they, they stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice. Uh, so, so why did they call out? Why did they try to get the attention of Jesus? Why do they call out in a loud voice? Other people are passing them by and they let them pass by. But when they become aware that Jesus is passing by, all of a sudden they're shouting. They raise their voice. They're getting his attention. Why is that? Well, it's because they'd heard about Jesus. They'd heard that he was able to heal. They'd heard uh, that he had been willing to heal. They'd heard that this Jesus uh, was a man of grace, a man of compassion, a man of supernatural power and love and they knew he was close and so they called out to him Jesus master Lord have pity have mercy on me and when Jesus heard these words when he heard that cry uh, he was ready to respond and, and when Jesus hears these words still today coming from us Jesus master have mercy on me he's still ready to respond He's always ready to respond uh, to those who approach him in that way. And the, the question I want to, to ask of us all is, have we cried out like the lepers? Jesus, have mercy on me. Now, we may be aware uh, that Jesus exists. We may believe that. We may see the cross and have some understanding of that. We may know people uh, who have uh, known the transformative touch of, of Christ in their lives and, uh, and see the evidence of that. And yet perhaps there's someone here who's never actually cried out, Jesus, have mercy on me. Some might say, well, why do we need to cry out? And we see why they cried out. They were, they were lepers. They had this awful condition. They were in such great need. Uh, we can understand why they raised their hands and cried out to Jesus saying, come over here, please have mercy on us. You don't have, have leprosy, so why, why would we need to make a cry like that? But you know, leprosy is a picture of sin. It was a real medical condition, but it was a condition uh, that illustrated uh, what sin did to a heart. What leprosy did to a body, sin does to a heart. Milne, the commentator, says, Leprosy was a loathsome condition with no absolute cure. In the same way, our sinful human condition is a loathsome one with no human cure. Like leprosy, our sin separates us from our fellows and isolates us psychologically and morally. Only Jesus Christ, in the exercise of his mercy, can cure anyone 
of the deeper malady of sin. And everyone here is a sinner. That's what it tells us in Romans. Not one righteous. Not, not one single person in this room or any room is righteous. None of us can pull out a CV and, and wave it before God and say, well, I'm okay. No, all of us have this condition. So what do we do? We cry out to Jesus, have mercy on me. And we do that when we're, when we're aware that he's close. Uh, the reason the ten lepers cried out was because they knew Jesus was close. They, they knew that he was passing by. They knew that today, in this moment, this was their opportunity uh, to, to cry out to him and, and receive that healing. And for some here, maybe today, uh, Jesus is close to you. The, the promise of Jesus is that where two or three meet in his name, he will be here. So uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit, he is here. But sometimes we're not aware of him. Uh, there are some days, perhaps, and you've sat here and, and you've, you've heard nothing. Your mind was in the office, it was in the classroom, it was out in the boat, it was on the football, it was on the dinner. But today, if you can hear this, if you're aware of your sin and your need of Jesus, cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. Work in my life. Take my sin away. Heal my heart. The work Jesus did, the way Jesus traveled. The third thing is the word that Jesus spoke. When Jesus saw them, verse 14, this is, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now in Luke's gospel, um, lots of people, if we, if we try to pinpoint this, this point in history, uh, as, as Luke tries to uh, paint this picture for us of what was going on, he's an eyewitness to, to Jesus. And so Luke is, is giving us this impression, he's giving us this picture as the Holy Spirit guides him of who Jesus uh, was and is and what was going on around him at that time. Uh, and, and Luke, uh, he's written this whole gospel uh, for somebody called Theophilus so that he'll be certain of the things uh, that he's heard, so that he'll come to faith in Christ. And the question that was on the lips of people in that place at that time is, who is Jesus? People were saying uh, to each other, well, you know, who is he? He can't be a man because he does these supernatural things, so many of them. And he seems to be more than a prophet because he does so much more than the prophets did. In fact, he seems to fit the description of who the prophets were pointing us to. Could he be the Messiah? Could this be the Savior? Could this be the promised one? Could this, could this be the Son of God? That was the question of the day. And what Jesus does next uh, goes some way to, to answering that question and demonstrating uh, the, the truth that he was indeed God. If you go back to the very beginning of the Bible, one of the first truths that we learn uh, about who God is, uh, is that uh, God, uh, he speaks and amazing things happen. So if you go back to Genesis chapter 1, we're not going there now, uh, but you'll see that phrase repeated all the way through the chapter, and God said, and it was done. When God speaks, amazing, transformative, creational things happen. And now uh, we see uh, that these lepers, they're crying out to Jesus. Jesus, uh, he, he fixes on the lepers. They have his attention. They're crying out for healing, and he's going to heal them. But how does he heal them? He doesn't get a medical uh, kit to, to treat them. He doesn't even touch them. Uh, like he, he did in the past when he healed a leper in, in Luke chapter 5. On this occasion, uh, Jesus, God the Son, he simply spoke and his word transformed them. 
When he saw them, verse 14, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, in response to the word of Jesus, they were cleansed. As they went, in response and obedience to the, to the word of Jesus, uh, the, the healing, uh, the effective strength of the, the word of Christ uh, took effect in their lives. See, the word of Jesus is, is always transformative. It tells us in, in Isaiah 55 that God's word will never return to him empty. It won't return void. But for that word of God to be personally transformative in the lives of the lepers, they had to act on it. They had to go and show themselves to the, to the priests. The priests back then were, were multitaskers. When you expect me to stand here and, and preach a sermon, I'm, I, I don't have many tasks really that you expect of me to do. But the priests back in these days, uh, they were experts in the law. They were medical officers. So this was kind of like us being told, uh, go show yourselves to the NHS leprosy unit. Show yourselves to them. And that took faith. You know, it was because these ten men showed themselves to the priests uh, who saw the sores in their body that they were diagnosed with leprosy. It was the priests that verified that. It was the priests who said to, to, to these uh, ten men, uh, you will go to quarantine and you will stay in quarantine and you will mix with no one because I'm sorry to tell you, you have leprosy for life. There's no cure, there's no hope. Go to your quarantine. Do not come back out. It was the priests who said to these ten men, you will stay away from us. So if you had leprosy, you would not be welcomed by the priests. I was remembering uh, that at the beginning of uh, COVID, maybe a year or so back, uh, Grace, our middle girl, she, she hurt her foot and um, she went to get it checked out and she was told, you need to get an x-ray. So she was sent from the, the surgery to the hospital, but in between Tarbert and Stornoway, the, the COVID restrictions kicked in. Before that, there was threats of them kicking in, but on the road, somewhere on the road between Stornoway and Tarbert, uh, the hospital rules changed and uh, when Grace arrived in hospital, um, there was panic stations. Because she walked in as she was instructed to, but once she walked in and people realised she was in, uh, there was panic stations. Um, and she was told, she went to sit down on the chair to, to get the x-ray, and she was told, no, 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 don't sit down there. Children are super spreaders. Children shouldn't be in here. See, the rules had changed, and she was told, you shouldn't be here. And that's the kind of response a leper would expect. Uh, but Jesus said, go. And so they went. And as they went in faith, they were, they were cleansed. And the priests who diagnosed their illness, when they saw them, were now able to verify that they were indeed cleansed. And there's a lesson for us. We're hearing the word of Jesus today. Every time the gospel is preached, whatever it's preached, we're hearing the, the, the word of Jesus. And Jesus says to us, he doesn't say to us, go, but he says, come. The whole message of the gospel is a message where, where Jesus says, come to me. Come to me and receive rest. Come to me and be forgiven. Come to me, says Jesus, and receive my grace. Receive my love. Receive my eternal life. We don't need a priest or a minister to be a middleman. Not today. We come to Jesus. And he promises that if we do, he will help us. He will have mercy on us. He will save us. That's the word Jesus speaks. But sometimes we can be unsure about actually taking that step. We hear, we hear the word, but we're unsure about taking the step. 
We hear the offer of the gospel. But we're not sure if, if really it's for us. We're not sure if Jesus will, will really uh, give to us uh, what, what he promises. We, we know he's given it to others, but we're not sure is this for us. So we, we hear the word Jesus speaks, uh, but we kind of dither. Will I stay? Will I go? Will I move? Maybe I'll look stupid if I step out. Maybe I won't be able to keep on going if I step out. So, so we kind of dither. Uh, but you know, as long as we're standing still, not taking Jesus at his word, nothing happens. To know the transformative touch of Jesus in our lives, to know the, the salvation of Christ in our hearts, we, knew, we need to do what he says. We hear the word he speaks and we step forward in faith. And it's only then that we realize, like the lepers, as they walked, they realized our hands are getting better. We're not seeing the scabs on our, on our skin anymore. We're healed. It's not until we actually step forward in response to the word that Jesus speaks uh, that we know his saving, his healing in our hearts. It's kind of like an automatic door. You know these automatic doors we see? Uh, We can stand at a distance looking at an automatic door for a whole day long. And if nobody ever steps forward towards it, it will stay closed. You know, we know the theory of these things. You walk up to and it opens, but until you actually walk, there's no movement. But when we do walk, everything opens. And the forgiveness, the rest, the peace, the joy, the life that Jesus is able and willing to give, uh, we will not receive until we believe his word and come to him. Or perhaps for some here, come back to him. Or some somewhere out there, come back to him if you've drifted. The word Jesus spoke, and finally, very briefly, uh, the worship Jesus is due. And we see there from verse 15 to, to verse 19 this conversation that Jesus has uh, with, the, with the one leper. One of them, when he saw he was healed, you can imagine him walking along that road, uh, seeing his skin uh, being restored, feeling the, the health uh, that, that Jesus had spoken come back into his body. And as he's walking down the road with a pack of lepers that he spent all this time with, uh, he realizes he's healed. And he turns back. He heads to Jesus. And he's praising God, verse 15, in a loud voice. And he threw himself at Jesus' feet. That's in the posture of worship. He's worshipping Jesus. He's realized this is God. And he thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. He was the least likely of the ten. He was the guy who knew less less Bible than anyone else. He was the one who knew uh, less of the, the wonder of God's grace than anyone else. They'd all gone to Sunday school, YF, church. They, they knew the whole thing. But these nine likely Jews, they just carried on walking. But the Samaritan, who's just, just heard a snippet of the gospel, he turns back and worship. And Jesus asked, verse 17, we're not, we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? He's not being disparaging there. He's, he, he's just underlining the fact, this is the man that doesn't know anything. Where are the guys who knew it? Where are the people who were given all the privileges of gospel teaching? Where have they gone? There's only the one praising God. Then Jesus says to him in verse 19, rise and go, uh, your faith has made you well. And I think the question that we're supposed to take with us as we Leave this parable, not this parable, this real, this real account of, of, of uh, 
an encounter with Jesus. I think the question we're supposed to take with us as we walk out the door is, um, has your faith in Christ made you well? You know, we've all known many blessings. The children reminded us of them this morning. Every breath we have is a gift from Christ. Every pulse of health that travels through our body is granted to us by Jesus. You know, like the ten, we've so many reasons to thank Jesus for what he has done for us. Uh, we, we, can, we can think about the, the ten as well and think about the crisis that they had encountered. They're in such crisis in their life. They've gone from a loving family, a steady job, a group of friends to quarantine forever. Can't imagine the crisis and the trauma, the suffering that, that brought to these people. Uh, and, and, and yet Jesus comes alongside. Everything changes. And for some of us, we've known that too. I've sat with, with some of you, even in the congregation, who've gone through medical trauma, crisis, distress of all kinds, and have known the healing touch of Jesus on our bodies. The question as we finish is, uh, what came next? Nine walked away, taking the blessings, but forgetful of Christ. But one Samaritan, he turns back to Jesus. Having felt that compassion, felt that grace, felt that mercy, and he comes back in, in faith to Jesus. And Jesus uh, says to him, uh, your faith has, better translation, your faith has saved you. You thought it was just your skin that was going to be healed. But I'm telling you, I've healed your heart. And we see the worship that this man gives to Christ. So where are we in this picture? We've known the touch of Jesus. But has it been a saving touch? Are we bowing before him today? Are we worshipping him for the richness of the grace that he has shown to us? Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for uh, this this word that we have studied. We thank you for uh, this eyewitness account of uh, the compassion of God that we see in Christ. We thank you for the, the grace, for the love, for the mercy that is so evident in Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the, the healing touch that these ten lepers knew in their bodies. We thank you for the, the, the eternal healing touch that that uh, one leper knew uh, in his soul. We thank you that uh, he came to Jesus and found eternal rest. And we pray that we who have known so many of the, the blessings of Christ in our lives, we pray that none of us would walk away like the nine, forgetful of Christ into a lost eternity. But we pray that each of us would turn and come to Jesus and know that eternal rest that is promised to all who will respond to the word of Jesus. And we ask this in his name and for his sake. Amen. And I may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of God the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen.